Welcome to Unpacking the Box Podcast, Season 5, Baltimore Love. This is Linnea, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, you are in store for something so great. I am repping my city where I was born and raised. Let's go. Tonight, I'm here with Essence, who is a community school psych specialist in Baltimore City. Hello, Queen. How are you? Hello. Hello. Hey, so thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you for taking time out. Yes. So before we get into the grit of things, for those who do not know, where are you from? So I'm from Baltimore City. I was born and raised in Baltimore City. I went to Baltimore City Public Schools. I lived in West Baltimore growing up. Um, Then my mother decided that she needed to get away from some things. So we moved to East Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And um, you know how it is, but but that's me. I am Baltimore all day. Yes. So what was it like for you growing up in Baltimore? Uh, That's a a real good question. So I actually enjoyed everything about Baltimore. So my my mother's from New York City and she moved down here when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, I was raised in Baltimore with very Baltimore values, but I was still raised with that New York side, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of things, um, a lot of things that people talk about, I didn't know that it was different. So my cousins in New York, they would say, oh, look at how you talk. Look at the way you speak. I I learned to accept it because we do have that Baltimore accent. But at the same time, it all sounds the same to me. If you can understand what I'm saying clearly, it's the same. So, <laughs> right. That, you know, but, um, but no, life growing up was pretty good. Like I, I had typical issues as everybody else. But to be honest, 
I didn't realize that we were really going through anything because everybody around me lived like me. So Mm -hmm. everybody around me, no one had a father in the house. So I didn't realize that have, you know, my father not being there was like a detriment because nobody had a father. We all was fine. Um, Until I became an adult, I started learning about trauma-informed care. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was traumatized. Where was my dad? Um, Mm-hmm. But but growing up, I, I lived life like everybody else. I didn't feel anything different. Um, you know, my mom had some struggles with using drugs and stuff. But like I said, everybody around me did. So I just thought that was the norm, you know, as you mm-hmm. were through your issues and your parents aren't there. As I got older and I met other people, I realized how those things affected me. But my, child, my childhood was fun. We had a good time childhood. We used to eat Chinese food out the box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we was good. You go up there, get a box of shrimp fried rice, a chicken box. Everybody was happy. I, I had a lot of fun in my childhood. Yes. And I've been telling people, first of all, specifically Chinese food, it, it's just it's just not right in a county. It's something about the county Chinese food. It just don't, it don't hit like the city Chinese food. Like I've been telling people like, get that box. Cause I know for me, I used to always get like Yakimi. But it's just not the same in the county at all. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you a funny story about Yakimi. Only, <laughs> I love this story. So I, growing up, you know, we ate Yakimi. It was the, the, the big noodles with the egg in it. You right. Chili sauce, like that's what we ate. So one of my friends, she went away to Spelman. So but I'm 18, 19. She go away to Spelman for college and she ordered Yakimi down in Atlanta and they don't know what it is. And she's like, how do you spell Yakimi? They act like they don't know what I'm ordering. And I, I didn't realize that yakimi was a Baltimore Chinese dish. Don't nobody else eat that. Right. I, I had no clue, but you know, that's what we ate. So I thought that was real funny. That's what I, at 18 is when I started learning um, Baltimore culture. And, you know, like I said, Atlanta culture, Cali culture is all, it is different, but it's all the same in some ways. But that's where I really started figuring stuff out. Like, oh, we different up here. Okay. Yes. And you are right. Baltimore definitely has their own culture, like for sure. Cause you know, it's a lot of things that just aren't the same. Once I moved out of the city, I just noticed a lot of things different, but specifically cause I'm a foodie. I noticed that the food was quite different. <laughs> so I'm like, man, but yeah. Awesome. So when you think of like the beauty in Baltimore, because the, which is the main reason why I wanted to really focus on Baltimore this season, because I feel like we get so much flack and really a negative name because of the bad things, but people don't always talk about the good things. And there are so many great things about Baltimore and so many great people that live in Baltimore. And so when you think of like the beauty in Baltimore, like what does that, what do you see or what do you think of? Uh, So that, um, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. And and we didn't talk about questions. So these questions are making me real happy right now. (laughs) Um, Yes. So you know, growing up, I, I grew up in West Baltimore, you know, Sandtown area, White Lock, Joy Hill. You know, you come over North Avenue and this North Avenue is its own world for real. Um, Lexington Market was filled with a lot of, uh, you know, addicts leaning over methadone addicts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So when, when people think about Baltimore, you, you hear, you see that. And then um, The Wire came out and I would, you know, go visit people and they say, oh, it's is it just like the home of the wire? Is that what Baltimore's like? And I was confused. Like, of all the stuff in this city, that's what y'all choose to see? Like, it's so much stuff you can see. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my good friends, 
is from outside of Baltimore and she loves it here. She said, it is so much culture. And you know how well before COVID, we used to have the festival. So it was the African-American festival, the Greek festival, the Jamaican festival every, or Caribbean. Everybody had a festival and she loved it because you could get so much culture without leaving the city. Mm-hmm. So um, I took some time off from work because I needed to figure some things out. Uh, I Since I've been 16, I've been working full time and I was just moving forward, but I wasn't moving anywhere. So I'm like, I'm getting jobs and I, you know, I'm making money and bought a car and had my own place, but I'm not growing. So I took some time off from work, um, about a year and a half total. And I was able to really, I call it, you know, finding beautiful Baltimore. So for me, the beauty is the parks, the seclusion. You can find seclusion in the middle of the city. Um, if you if you just want to, it's crazy because they're in one area, people are doing yoga, literally yoga with, mm-hmm. you know, yoga mats and all that good stuff. The next area, people are doing drugs. But if you just swing a left right there, you can find like kids practicing in a marching band. So, so to me, the beauty is all of that, how everything is located in one city. Um, we're one of the few cities that have a major body of water in the middle of our city. We have the inner Harbor. All cities don't have that. I didn't, I didn't know that. I learned that. Um, you know, like I said, the parks, we have so many parks and statues all throughout the city and people can argue some of the statues are like, you know, races and this, that, and the third. But the thing is we have them. And that's what, that was what our city was when they made the statues. It's up to us to build new ones. But you can find you can find all of that right here in the city. You can get Little Italy, soul food, brick oven pizza all on the same block, like <laughs> Harbor East, if you right on that one strip. Um, and we really take advantage of waterfront property in our city, which I think is another beautiful thing. Uh, the the people, the people of Baltimore are unique because we are resilient. We we move forward in whatever our mission is. And our music, I was in, I was at a party in Miami with a DJ from the UK and they were playing Baltimore club music. And I'm like, look at, look at where we went. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) no, there's no music that sound like our music and Jersey club be trying to sound like our music. They trying to come for us, but it's not, it ain't got the same bop that we got. Um, Right. (laughs) It's just, you know what I mean? It's a little bit different. But it does it does that club music oh my god like that again that hits different like there's no other music like Baltimore music and even like when we do the remixes and stuff just like how somebody remix um Mayor Brandon Scott shortly put, put shorty pull your mask up like yes. nobody that's just that's what we do you know that's yes. what we do and I love it yeah so the creativity is on another level I always say like if I win the mega million I'm going to invest in the creativity because, and this is stuff that people do naturally. So back in the day, these DJs and um, producers and such, they weren't getting paid, paid for this music. It was just a group of people sitting around remixing their parents' old music and making it danceable, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, you said, what do I love? That, that all of that by itself is beautiful. The fact that you, we cross layers and we don't realize it, but the world sees it. The world sees us. And, and I love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. That is so true. That is so true. So let's get into the amazing work that you're doing. So you are a community school psych specialist. So for those, again, because I'm learning along with the audience, tell us what, first of all, inspired you to do that type of work. And then also, what does the job entail? Um, so the inspiration, so everything I do is, is off of inspiration. I'm inspired by life. That is what inspires me. I wake up every day, check my pulse. Yep, I'm still here. All right, let's do this work. So I, I literally just look at life and see what do we need to do. So growing up, um, growing up, it was a big thing of like, oh, you got to work hard and get out the hood. You can't just stay in the hood. I had friends who, who uh, sold drugs, smoke weed, all that stuff. And they would always say, Essence, no, you don't need to be doing this stuff. You, you're not the one to do this. And so people, even as a child, people saw in me that that wasn't my path. So it was like, I want to be a follower and I want to smoke weed like y'all. And my friends were like, nah, this ain't for you. Go over there and study. Go over there and do what you need to do. And, and I think that's real interesting because that happens a lot more than people know. But, um, you know, I, I grew up, like I said, drug addict parents. Both of my parents used drugs. My dad wasn't in the house. I was always told to do real good and get out the hood. You got to go away, go away. Mm-hmm. And then it clicked in my mind. If everybody who worked hard and quote unquote did good, like me stayed, we could buy the vacants. We could advocate for the schools. We could bring the property taxes up. You know what I'm saying? Like we could mm-hmm. be that if we all stay, but everybody tell us to go away. So I'm over here living in Towson, paying a grip for a one bedroom, I could have been living, I could have bought a house in Sandtown, bought two houses to be for real, and and made a difference there. So um, so I went back. So I went back. I, I got up and I would drive from Towson down to Sandtown every day and just be there. And then, you know, I started with the kids and I've always liked kids. I've always liked youth development, never knew how to make it work. But then I realized I can help all the kids in the world. But if I don't help their parents, I ain't really doing nothing for them. So then I got into community. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, what do parents need? Oh, every, they want to get jobs, but they have struggles reading. Okay, great. Let's get a GED class. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, then I start learning the um, the process behind that. And the process is, you know, well, for instance, why would BCCC pay for a GED class in this neighborhood when the people have not shown that they're interested in even um, elevating themselves. So then I started advocating. And then I, I started, you know, explaining, hey, you know, some people start mental health. They start to feel um, that they can't do it. They start to feel as if they can't move forward. They need a little push, a little motivation. Let's change their mental health. So I started doing that. Um, you know, and it ultimately it all wraps up full circle. So if you come from a neighborhood where the neighborhood has nothing. There are no grocery stores, no laundromats, no, even the corner stores only sell hot Cheetos, which is strange. Um, when you come from that, that's kind of what you're conditioned to believe. And when people keep telling you you're nothing, that's what you become conditioned to believe. So I started telling them that they were something like, mm-hmm. you know, well, let's try this. And then you start seeing people move forward one step at a time, a little bit at a time. So like I said, the work for me was personal because I, I come from that type of family where negative criticism is a sign of love. And in my trained adult mind, I understand how bad that sounds, but that's what we do. That's what we say to our kids. Um, and, it, and it needs to change, but I just kept moving mm-hmm. forward. And every step I took, I realized another step I needed to take. And now I've become a community resource to the point where I don't actually 
The thing is, I don't know everything, but I know somebody who does. So um, not too long ago, a good colleague of mine posted on social media, young woman just had a baby. They need a car seat because you know, you can't bring a baby home without a car seat. Right. I shared it. Hey friends, I need a car seat for a, a young woman. Can anybody help me? About six people replied. And one girl called me and said, Hey, I actually have a program for uh, women with children and I have a brand new gray cold car seat, but you got to come pick it up by four. So I called my husband, Hey, I need you to watch our son. Cause I got to go get this car seat. I got to go now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, I didn't pay any money for it. I didn't get it, but it's just people know that I'm connected to the work and then I'm connected to the people. So I end up getting help just off of the strength of that. Uh, what do I do specifically? So my role day to day, every day changes. So I, I have a calendar. I'm very, I try to be very organized. So I have my, um, my work calendar, my personal calendar. I have a, a planner that I write in every day. Mm-hmm. And at night I sit down and I say, okay, tomorrow we're going to work on this. We're going to work on that. I need to do two phone calls. I have a whole list, right? I wake up and the day changes. I do, I do whatever, <laughs> whatever the day calls for. I, I really be having plans too. If I send you a picture of my calendar, you would say, oh my God, you're so organized. What'd you do today? None of this stuff. <laughs> None of it. But, um, but no, so I pretty much, like I said, I advocate for families. I advocate for students. Um, right now I'm at war with my school because I am advocating for these eighth grade students. I feel like students in eighth grade who are trying virtually should get 50 million times more help because virtual learning is hard. Mm -hmm, I I understand accountability. I understand we're all in this together and we all have to try. If you have a student who's in eighth, fifth grade, eighth grade, or at least 11th and 12th grade high school, they need love, support, um, (laughs) hugs. I know we can't hug, email Mm -hmm. them a hug. They need a lot, a lot, a lot of love right now because this is hard. This is, it's really, really hard. So um, I'm at, I'm fighting because I'm like, y'all gonna give these eighth graders everything they need to be successful and I don't care. And so everybody mad at me, but. <laughs> oh <can>. my God. <laughs> it's fine. Yes, this, this virtual life is very uh, stressful on these on these kids for sure very stressful well that's amazing I want to go back to something that you said that I think is so 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 very important how you um and I was just having a conversation with someone else like these neighborhoods in the city that um that people live in and the conditions that they live in um you know which makes them to believe that they can't do anything and they can't get out of it and become successful and so you said that you know I tell them that they are something that is so imperative because and I tell people all the time pouring into someone else positively can really make all the difference it could save them and so that's important and so you just that that's a great 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 point so I have, um, and thank you for that. I have, well, they're not kids, they're grown now. So when I started this work, I started this in like, I started in 2014. So in 2014, I was working for a financial institution because that was my career background. I was working for a financial institution and I hated going to work. I would get up every day and say, this is stupid. Why do I do this? Why am I doing mm-hmm. this? 
um, you know, and I, I found a job and I would go into the schools all across Maryland and I would talk to kids about their plan after high school. I realized then that kids have no idea what happens after you graduate. So it's like, oh, I walked across the stage. You wake up the next morning. Now what? They were not prepared for school. They were not prepared for work. They were not prepared for bills, right? All the stuff that we now know exists. Right. Um, after that, I started volunteering in Sandtown. I still talk to kids from that. So even just today, I was talking to one of the kids I met in 2015. She's now 20, is she 21? She might be 21 or 22, somewhere around there. But she has a baby. Um, I was at the baby shower, you know, over there taking pictures. Like, <laughs> you know, because, it, because once you become family to a young person, regardless of if your job changes or whatever, you can't not be family to them. So although I've changed jobs, I've moved into different schools and other neighborhoods, they still expect me to be there for them like I've always been. And that's, you know, to me, that's just what I'm going to do. So, um, so you know, did all that. I still talk to the kids. I still keep in touch with them. I want everybody to know it, you know, and, and it's crazy because she's an adult, I'm an adult. So technically we're equal, but they all still call me Miss Essence. And their parents who are my age and older also call me Miss Essence, which is very strange because mm-hmm. we're the same age. But it's kind of like a respect thing. Like when you put yourself yeah. in, that, in that category. Um, but I've helped, I've, I try to just layer them with love. Like, guess what? The world is already going to be hard. When you are in this bubble right here, whether it's my office, the recreation center, when I was running that, wherever we are, I'm going to just layer you with love. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to love you. I'm going to tell you right from wrong. You know, we, we get into it um, because I don't let them get away with absolutely nothing. Um, but, you know, you just got to have that love because you never, you never know how your love, the way you give love is going to affect a person. Somebody could be on the edge, about to give up, about to do something crazy. And you give them that embrace and they're just like, okay, the world's not that bad. I can make it through. Like, it's a lot of times that people- Exactly. And, and that's any, I mean, even for me, like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, it's driving me crazy. And my husband will come along and do something. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. So, you know, you just got to find that love however you can find it. And, and that's my thing. Like when I call, when I call parents now, so a part of my job, I have to talk to parents to know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't going to come out and say, girl, you know, we ain't got no food. Like people don't say that. Right. Um, <laughs> so you have to build rapport to figure out what they need. And that's what I do. I'll, I'll sit and talk for 20 minutes about everything. We talk about love and hip hop. And once they realize I'm relatable, then they can tell me what's going on and then I can help. So um, in Baltimore City, food is a big deal. It makes me sad because um, I, don't, I don't understand why none of the larger grocery chains like Safeway and Giant, why haven't y'all put a store in these neighborhoods um, and of course we have city council. I don't understand why the city council people aren't advocating to make these deals, but that's another topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna go into that one, but um, you know, over the summertime, well, from COVID, the biggest thing was most of the kids eat in school. So mm-hmm. kids are guaranteed two meals a day in school, which means they only have to survive when they get outside of school. A lot of times parents either don't have food or don't have enough food, or, you know, there's a lot of things with that. So we're like, well, what will the kids eat? If school is closed in March and school is closed, what are they gonna eat? So we start doing lunches and stuff. I was giving away 200 boxes of produce 
every week, every Thursday, I would get 200 boxes of produce. And they said, Essence, that's a lot of boxes. Can you get rid of them? You know, are people going to come? And I said, I, I guarantee you this will not go to waste. Um, and that's what we did. I did that from March up until September. And then I switched over to helping with um, technology. But uh, food is a big deal. Hygiene products. I used to raise hygiene products for girls. Mm -hmm. So in the recreation center, you know, you're with middle school girls, you start to realize that they don't know how to properly take care of their bodies. Um, so then I would do that. Like, all right, well, this is a monthly cycle and this is what you do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's a lot of stuff that they honestly and truly don't know. So, um, you know, I would do stuff like that. Like I said, I would just be the, the hub of getting stuff in. So, all right. That's let's awesome. Let's do it. But, you know, we, but stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to think of all the stuff I do and I know I'm missing something, but whatever the need is. So if I meet a family and they have a need, I'm going to help them. During COVID, I didn't been in more houses during COVID than any other time because people don't know how to work technology. <laughs> so I'm in there like, dear Lord, please let me be safe while I'm in this house with all these people because nobody can help this kid turn on his hotspot that wasn't even plugged up all right well well you are you you sound like you're a blessing and you are impacting people and that's important and you know when I grew up in Baltimore City I actually grew up on the east side I didn't realize you know obviously as a child the the need for things like that like food and you know the help that kids needed because I was a kid myself so but now looking Looking at it now from a from an adult perspective, I do see, and I see people in Baltimore post all the time about how there's a need for food and things like that, you know, and it is, it's very sad. I just didn't realize how much of a problem, you know, it was, and it is very, a very sad situation, but there are some great people just like you that are trying to help, but yes, the people that are in those political areas definitely need to assist as well, um, so hopefully, you know, one day it'll get all the way better and they will assist people as well because I do see that they need help as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, and I want people, you know, to hear that that's listening because I don't, think, I don't think people really know, people that don't know about Baltimore or only see the bad about Baltimore, they, they just don't understand the intricate part of it. And that's one of uh, the parts that's very important. Yeah, so what do you like to do for fun? Like when you are not working, what you like to do? Um, if I am not working, so my, my hobby is photography and media production. So okay. I will, yeah, so I learned when I was a little, little, little kid, I want to say eight or nine, my aunt in New York sent me $25 for my birthday. I went to, well, um, I went to Rite Aid on Lock Raven and Cold Spring mm -hmm. and I bought a camera, one of those little Kodak 35 millimeter camera, you know, little cheap joints. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, always wanted, I always wanted to take pictures but the thing is my mother couldn't afford to keep getting the film developed and buy me more film so I kind of lost the hobby a little bit um then I started like drawing pictures a little bit but that's not the same so when I got when I became an adult I bought myself a camera just something a little rebel canon rebel nothing heavy mm -hmm. and I bought myself a camera and I would just take pictures and I love taking pictures of landscapes and, you know, I would do some photo shoots with people just because landscapes don't pay. So you gotta do people, um, you know, but I love taking pictures. And then I kind of pushed that into media production because I was attached to youth. 
So I joined a program through Hopkins, it's called um, BYFA, Baltimore Youth and Film Arts. Mm-hmm. And I would help them, I would bring my youth like, hey, y'all sign up for this, you'll get paid. And then we would do media production. And now I'm just like a regular old video editor. Um, you know, so, and that, but that's my hobby. That's what I like to do. I have a son, he's four. I take him out, we do stuff together. But he's become a daddy's boy. So <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so he don't really bang oh. with me like that. But hey. You know, but just stuff like that. Just being out with my camera, you know, just hanging, whatever I can do by myself, depending on the weather. Nice. That's a great field though, photography. I love it. That's awesome. Yes. So we have come to my favorite part of the show which I love to to do. Oh, I can't even talk. I love to do this with every guest. I think it is very therapeutic and it's just fun. So basically it's called Unpack Your Box and you get one minute to release whatever you want, whatever you feel compelled to say. You can say that and you have one minute to just sound off on whatever you like. Okay. Did, did the time start? Oh, yep. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, yep. <laughs> I would like to say that you can be anything in life you choose to be. As long as you are alive, you have an opportunity is a fresh start. Tomorrow will not hold you accountable for today. Just keep moving forward. Everybody's life is hard. I know millionaires who are struggling. I know poor people who are happy as hell. It is up to you to be happy in your own space and your own self. Um, focus as long as you're focused on your goal your goal could be anything it could be grocery shopping getting a good night's sleep focus on you and you will be fine do not let people tell you what you can't do because those people probably have never tried and they just tell you something that they assume within their own self don't listen to them people worry about yourself and keep moving and pushing and and do whatever it is that you need to do to make you be the best version of yourself you need to be Yes, I love it. Get <laughs> so in I was, it. I was trying to get it in real quick. <laughs> Listen, you know, it's all good. You you did good. It's all good. I, I wasn't counting, you know. I, I say a minute, but you know, it, it's 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 all good. I love that. So listen, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to come and chat with me. I appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you said. Like you were really dropping some gems. You are an inspiration. You are impacting so many people and your work and just your voice is needed. And so I thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. Um, just to let all of your listeners know, I am active on Clubhouse and me and my good buddy, George, who's also a community schools coordinator. We do, we have a, um, a room on Clubhouse that we, um, that we are pushing because we, we know that, to be honest, a lot of people don't know how the school system and how all these systems that we live in work mm-hmm. and we understand that. And so we are talking about it. We're putting all the information out there. The knowledge is free because it was given to me for free. So it's called Community Responsibility and Education. And we talk about how everybody has a responsibility in public education, whether it's, you know, the actual book smarts and then passing on the knowledge you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, I'm on social media. They probably ban me because I'd be talking so much junk on social media sometimes. They're going to ban me eventually. I'm gonna listen, they're going to ban us all because, you know, listen, we got we got to say what we got to say. And that's what we're saying. 
but um but yes I want you to let the people know like tell us your club I'm I'm on clubhouse too so I'll definitely follow you but tell them your clubhouse handle tell them your your Facebook handle if you have Instagram all your handles websites anything that you want them to follow and keep up with you so on clubhouse and I gotta find you on clubhouse I'm B more E Smith very simple Baltimore Essence Smith you know I keep it simple Facebook, I'm E. Smith. On Instagram, I don't post anything good on Instagram. Instagram is like my guilty pleasure where I can go and see celebrity gossip and ratchetness. So <laughs> you, you can follow me, um, but I don't really post like good stuff, but it's underscore D-E-F underscore E-S-S and it's deaf S, like definitely essence, um, you know, whatever. Um, and that's all I really use. I can't keep up with Twitter because if you blink, it's like a whole nother other joke going on and I'd be lost. But um <laughs> If you are in Baltimore and you need any assistance with anything, let me know. If I can't help you, I know somebody who can, um, especially if it's involving education. I advocate for young people's education, and I want everybody under me will know everything that I know. I got cousins now with 700 credit scores because I, I got them on point at 18. So, um, you know, anything I can do to help, let me know. If you're part of any whatever, let me know. What, what's your name on Clubhouse so I can look you up? Yes. So my handle is queen and it's wolf, um, W-O-L-F-F, like Frank. Yep. So I'm going to connect with you on Clubhouse. And for the listeners, if you guys need any help, make sure you connect with Essence, okay? I will put all her handles in the show notes so that you guys can connect if you need to. All right, y'all. We are out. Hold up. Before you leave, subscribe to your girl's podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also keep up with me on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast. You can also keep up with your girl on Clubhouse. I host rooms. I pop in and out of rooms, you know, connect with your girl. My name on there is Queen Wolf. And that's with two F's like Frank. And you can also email me if you want to collab, you want to work with me, you have a business opportunity, like let's work. If you know me, you know I'm about getting that work done, collabing, you know, let's uplift each other, let's support each other. You can email me directly at unpackingtheboxpodcast at gmail.com. And if you need help with uh, your uh, creative side, you know where to reach me at Queen Wolf. LLC. My website is Queen Wolf. That's two F's uh, like Frank dot com. You know, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can hit the link in my bio. It will take you everywhere that I am. All right, y'all be well.